This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Watch out. My name's Keen. Queen's Down Under. I'm James. <laughs> I've, I've lost. I've lost it, Keen. I've lost it. Hey, everybody. Touch. This is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> See what it looks like? There we go. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, uh, the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction Podcast. We're home to our heads of Podcast Network and we live, laugh, love Drag Race. Today we are covering Drag Race Down Under, episode three, with the wonderful, charming, all around just nice lady, Julie J. A joy of a woman and a joy of an interview. Um, super fun. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. It was great crack. Should be called Julie Joy. Julie Joy. Julie Joy. There we go. Really fun episode with Julie for you coming up. But first, we just want to remind you, we played the trailer last week that James has been working on another podcast called Invisible Threads and it's out today and we've had some really nice feedback on well you've had some nice feedback on yeah I, I got some lovely messages from people who listened to the who heard the trailer in last week's episode and said that they're really looking forward to it and it sounds great and I have to say it really it was really nice to get that that reinforcement because for so long I've been living in a bubble where I'm the only person who's been on it so to actually have gotten some feedback from, from people out and about the place to say that it sounds good and they're looking forward to listening to it is brilliant yeah it's out today as you said it is on the go light on the go light platform and then also available on spotify and other streaming services wherever you may be listening to your your podcast and you'll also see me about the place all over the gaff this week really i'm taking i'm taking over communicorp i'm going to be uh popping up on news talk and today fm 98 fm and spin over the course of the, the week to talk a bit about it but most importantly joined by some of the people who i interviewed in the the actual podcast so you get a bit more insight into why they took part in it so try and listen along we'll share most of it on our social medias because i control them so i can make it self-centered for the week (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly so uh, wherever you're listening to this now scroll up to find visible threads and make sure you subscribe and have a listen and if you need more convincing then here is a little clip During the passage of the Marriage Equality Bill through the Senate in October 2015, the then Minister for Justice and Equality said, The tapestry of change has been woven by many hands. And she was right. This new era of equality for LGBTQ people in Ireland, ushered in by the Marriage Equality referendum in May of that year, was the culmination of the work of many thousands of people over several decades. Ireland had voted yes. Yes for inclusivity, yes for diversity and yes for equality. And that yes was heard around the world. In the blink of an eye, traditional, conservative, Catholic Ireland was swept aside. But for many LGBTQ people, who had grown up in a society unwelcoming of their identity, the images of jubilation in the upper yard of Dublin Castle came with a bittersweet shade, as the celebration and social inclusion may have arrived too late, or much later in life, with many bearing the emotional scars of earlier societal discrimination. Woven into the rainbow of the pride flag are the unseen and untold stories of countless generations of Irish LGBTQ people forced to live a life in the closet or on the fringes of society. Can you imagine what it was for 37 years of your life to feel that it wasn't okay to be who you were? What message does it send to somebody when you know that, you know, in general, you're not accepted? He said, it's not working. We want you to go back to Mailmo. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I've got here. I've got to this point. If you knew what it took to get me to this point, I'm not going back. You censor what you say. You censor your stories. And you're censoring yourself. You know, it's so tragic that we 
do that to ourselves. And I'm so happy that the world has changed in my lifetime. Until you are not yourself for a long while, you don't realise how important it is to be truly yourself. From LGBT Ireland, this is Invisible Threads, a Go Loud original podcast. In this eight-part series, we meet eight older members of the LGBTQ community to reflect on the journey to finding your identity and the courage it takes to be yourself. I'm James O'Hagan. Invisible Threads is coming May 17th. Listen for free on the Go Loud app or wherever you get your podcasts. Julie J, thank you so much for joining us today. You're relatively new to Drag Race, aren't you? Yeah, I, I have to say it's very, very watchable because, you know, I had watched a couple of episodes before, um, but this is the f- first one that I sat down and I was going to, I was like, I'm going to watch a few in a row. And I really do get it. I really get the graw for it. Like, the only thing that I'm kind of raging at myself, there's so many references to stuff that are clearly, obviously, like these are things that happen regularly in series. So I'm not necessarily picking up on, oh yeah, this is like the Snatch game or whatever it is. But I'm really just enjoying it for what it is. So it says a lot about the series that you can just dip into now. In You know, you don't have to go back to the start. No, definitely. And you can kind of like wherever you, I think that wherever you start, they're the queens, like whatever season is the first you watch, they're the queens you get really attached to. And then you sort of are like, no one's better than them. Because I started at season five and I'm like, my friend, Ever winner Jinx Monsoon no one will ever beat her and you kind of talk to every other person and it's like whatever season they start that they have a real love for it okay yeah but I, you see I love that about a franchise that you do kind of have that personal attachment and I do love any franchise I mean I know before we started recording Keen, you talked about Lion of Duty there <laughs> but you know the way it's like with Lion of Duty you're not going to say to someone yeah yes. dip into series 6 you'll totally get it <laughs> especially on Lion of Duty because it's all about what happened in series 1 you know it's <laughs> I mean, sorry, but I mean, have finished series six and still don't understand <laughs> what exactly was going on. Like, I mean, the Thelma and Louise moment, so many questions. Yes, exactly. The episode opens after the Gagatron dread. They're all sort of reeling from arts elimination. Um, yeah, and I suppose, I mean, that makes sense. We were all surprised that they were gone as well. Uh, and then the mini challenge, they basically have to do a babe watch, um, you know, run act like they were in Baywatch and I found there was two real sort of schools of makeup there was the real sort of Pammy Anderson or else there was like the Vicky Pollard sort of school of like beachwear there was nothing in between there at all (laughs) yeah there were and you know actually some of them I thought were really channeling I don't know if you've seen the the pics from Lily James you know the way she's playing Pamela Anderson in this new biopic of um, oh I haven't seen that and yeah and I think like she looks fab and actually a couple of the a couple of the girls now I thought really were like Scarlett was great um absolutely stunned like so stunned but i i re- i actually re- i really enjoyed the the challenge like Ma- is it maxi shields yeah. Her name? yeah oh i just think she's great crap she really, really won me over her. this week i don't know i just yeah. i just really warmed her and i was like oh i really hope you stay because you could tell by the edit that we we're like oh she's not gonna do well mm-hmm. even before she even opened her mouth you're like Ugh. yeah everything i do I do love Everything her. about, like, she seems like a queen who would be brilliant to see live. Like, you, someone who yeah. you're going to get really entertained by yeah. if you're actually seeing them live. Because some of the queens are great on the show, but you wouldn't necessarily go buy a ticket. Whereas Maxi mm. Shield, you just are like, you're going to be gas crack. You're going to be like sort mm. of the, the dolly grip of this season. And I'm into it. Yeah. Real t- 
Yeah, no, I and I do think she. Am I the only one? Is anyone else getting a kind of a Matt Lucas? Vibe yes, at yes. Times? yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've mentioned this previously um, on on the pod, but I did kind of get a bit of that. But really enjoying her. But I thought it was a lot of fun. The challenge. I thought it was great. It actually, was compared to the the mini challenge of the first episode, which I thought was a bit strange. And you had Taika Waititi's soundboard. Yeah, awkward. This this Leila and Tro- choice of Anne video. That was pre-recorded, right? I mean, you would think so. Yeah. Did they say anything that responded to what any of them said? No, it, they yeah, were like, no. I would think, yeah, I, I would actually think you're right on that. Like it did, like Kylie very much felt like she was about to give us the weather, didn't it, as well? <laughs> yeah, she did, absolutely. But, with the feather. the weather. <laughs> and, but so I thought, I actually thought that this challenge, again, as a newbie, I was like, oh, this is a lot more fun. Like, this is gas crack yeah. now, you know? Um, but I totally agree. The two schools of makeup, there was nothing in between no, there. No. It was just one extreme yeah. to the next. No. And I do I do love a silly, ridiculous, quick drag challenge where it's just kind of, <clears throat> there's no real point to this. And then it was like the most bizarre prizes as well. Like one of them won sort of two, 2,500 euro worth of, of glitter, of edible glitter or something. <laughs> and the other one won like sort of, I I don't even know, like feathers. I, I couldn't make out what it was. I don't know. <laughs> Did that win tights? Yeah, I, oh, tights. That was it. Tights. Yeah. That was it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was now, to be fair, like it is hard. It is hard to get a pair of tights that, like, you'd wonder in Australia, tights is it a big market? I'm not sure. I get for the drag queens, they need them to hold their their figure in. Of course, for the token. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was just thinking about my own sweaty badge that I got last <laughs> yeah. summer. The one time. The one time I wore tights, I forgot, of course, for the tuckage, but I wore tights. I was doing this thing for Tichi Cahar and I was eight months pregnant. So I waddled down to Waterford on the hottest day of the year in the car <laughs> with the tights. And guys, it was not a good look at all. So I was thinking, I was like, tights in Australia, but of course, tuckage. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, forgive which, me. It's still not a huge so, market, so but which, you know, so you're saying that you'd have <laughs> a devote one. <laughs> you'd have preferred to win the two and a half thousand dollars worth of glitter then instead of the tights. Oh, I'd have found a use for it. Do you know what my question sure. about edible glitter is? Is it glittery on the way out? Oh, I don't know. I think, I don't know, anything edible, I just get too involved in the edible. Once I had a bit of sexy, sexy time with chocolate, and it just basically consisted of me sitting in bed eating lots of chocolate. <laughs> like, I kind of forgot. I forgot that there was somebody else. There. I was like, do you know what? Is this milk? What is this? This is just, I thought it'd be like the plain baking chocolate. You know so what? you would just I'm be like, spreading this edible glitter on toast, you know? Oh, <laughs> a bit of porridge. I'd be like Ross oh, Gorgeous with my porridge. goatee bowl. Yeah. With my goatee bowl and just a bit of glitter on top. Um, oh, I'd be using it every. I, you know, like the thing with. I mean, obviously, glitter kind of does give me the heebie-jeebies in a way because you know the way like you use say the year is 2018 and you decide just for fun you're heading to the festival you're going to throw on a bit of glitter like you're still still dealing with that with that glitter in 2021. Like the glitter just never. It's just it's. It's. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what edible glitter would uh, actually yeah. do to your life because you just can't get rid of no. glitter. That's yeah. the thing. No, I, 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 it's like a, it's like DNA. A friend of mine had a pride party in 2010, and there was a load of glitter thrown up around the apartment. 
and they're still finding glitter behind the oh, couch yeah. it, 10 years 11 years later almost like it is it's crazy it is crazy it's it's like csi stuff <laughs> yeah. isn't it but that's why they used to glitter Honestly. bomb people you know to because like it's yeah it was like a, it was a form of protest for by lgbtq activists that they glitter bomb like conservative politicians because it's like so you know clever. it's not violent but it's a pain <laughs> that is just genius mm. that is really genius yeah. that's a protest i could get behind yeah. Yeah, yeah I like I like the idea of glacier bombing. Well, anyway, so back to the the mini challenge. The Scarlet and Electra win. I think they were the funniest, right? Scarlet had that great sort of bouncing bosom. Yeah. a bit about it. Electra kind of really got it. She she's the screamer, scream queen that gets her to win. She's killing the mini challenges, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they get to choose their teams. Uh, so Scarlet chooses etc etc Anita and Coco, and they name themselves the. Oh, the Outback fake hose. Yes. Electra chooses Karen, Ketamine, oh, yes. and Maxi, and they're the three. They're and the half three and a half men. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, then they get their their call with Troy Savan. I think that's that's pre recorded. I was disappointed with that. Again, it was like you know, the best thing was all bleeped out as well. It's like I've written songs about love, about, you know, being horny and being fucked up the arse <laughs> that it's just bleeped. <laughs> <I> <laughs> We lost it. I know, it, all the good stuff. I didn't, I actually, I watched on YouTube because I was. I would have had to like plug my laptop into my TV to put on Why Presents and I happened to see it and, and it wasn't beeped out on YouTube. So I, I got oh, the full, no, it wasn't. I got the full um, expletive version of Troy Savant. Oh, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I watched, I watched on YouTube as well, James. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does it go um, up on YouTube or is it illegal? I think that might have been less than illegal. Like moderate. Yeah, it did it did feel illegal though did it no it felt good so you know <laughs> it felt good but it also it looked you know what i mean it, it no it looked did, clear like know, the, usually... the, the the like the quality of the video was good yeah and, yeah felt very legit like you know the way usually when you're watching it on youtube something flashes at the top akin to do you remember mm. when it used to come up on the videos back in the day like if you watch this your family will die. Like we're coming, <laughs> we're coming for you. It is a life term in prison. Like you're not even gonna know the country that you're going to prison. Or else it's like will really seedy wa- ads for like sex video games, which is, oh, you know, yeah. you're like no, thank you. I used to live in such fear as a teacher. You know the way the ads come up on your YouTube, you oh, wouldn't know what would be coming up. Oh, scary stuff oh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I still have that fear. So when I'm like doing presentations at work, I'll have to like show videos sometimes and they're in my work YouTube account. <gasps> and I, because I use my work laptop for like watching an awful lot of drag race. So it's not so bad. Like this isn't a really a bad story, but it just is kind of awkward at the end of a presentation when like the suggested videos <laughs> pop up and it's like the 10 worst runway looks and RuPaul <laughs> loses it on the run. <laughs> Hey, after a really moving video about like older members of the LGBT community who have suffered <laughs> exclusion and marginalization. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there was this one time that I had to look up this like engineering computer program for a tutorial on YouTube and my boss came over and was like, oh, you're looking up that, are you? And I just looked at my suggestions bar and it was all just clips from Loose Women. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after the first... Uh, rehearsal there's this really nice vulnerable <laughs> moment with Electra around her dance studio yeah. and that sort of Max did brings I up, miss really something nice. in this did she say why she lost everything 
No. No, she and didn't. Also, <laughs> but that perks like, my that interest. Is, <laughs> of course. Like, if somebody says, I lost my home, I lost my dance studio, like, I'm going to say, How? Like, was it a. Was it a Britney fire in the gym or what? Like, Maxi Shields was kind of like, oh, that makes me want to cry. And I was like, but is anyone going to ask? Ow, I got the vibe. I got the vibe to G, like, kind of maybe a financial issue. Yeah. Did you get that That's vibe? the vibe I got, but I was like, I want the details. Like, I want to understand, like, what it was. Like, was it, like, a, a bad investment? Or was it like kind of like scammed somehow? Or was it just like, you oh, know. she kicked out? Or like maybe a massive medical yeah. problem and ended up having to like, you know, go to hospital and spending all the money and treat. Like, you know, give me the, the details. Mm. We want to see those those tax receipts. <laughs> I know. I think there are no receipts. I think that was the issue. Did she even have a dance I, like, studio in the first place? That's what I want to know. I know. <laughs> all her... No, I did I did initially think maybe, you know, Britney Mysterious Fire. But then when I was thinking about it after, I would imagine it's something quite, you know, boring. Like she just didn't know she had to pay tax on her dance classes or whatever it was. Because otherwise, if it was like, I feel like you would wheel out if it was something but like, you know, I, I had to get medical treatment yeah. or whatever. You would mention that because it's going to, you know, under, it's going to get you a few points. What I don't understand, though, is like, because I agree with you. I think it was some kind of a weird financial thing. But I don't understand how kind of like you know tax mismanagement led to this kind of weird existential kind of like there is bad in the world i can never see the good in the world vibes that she was giving yeah on. it didn't flow it didn't yeah. flow electric yeah. <laughs> but that's probably more the producer's issue that they were like coupled us together it was like oh i lost my thing but then it was more about but i'd love to see you teach people to dance it's such your passion and he's like yeah i know maxi shield came out yeah. best out of that for me to be yeah. honest then the oh I, you know what i just i'm really 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 liking her mm. I like I was up to then I was like I think a lot of people have said they you know Karen is mm-hmm. great as well yeah. um, and I think they both came across as just such nice people do you know even when Karen was saying I'd love her to win this because yeah. she's like put so much into the choreography or whatever you know when you contrast that with Coco um, and she you know she's just much more passive aggressive about it yeah. all it just I just think Karen and Maxi Shields came across so well in that moment yeah and actually that 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 reminded me at the beginning of the episode when like Coco was like in the little confessional bin and was like at a party one time this like horrible old woman came over to me and was like you're never gonna be Art Simone you're never gonna be Art Simone and I just said the bit packing and it's like there is that kind of like passive aggressive undertone that you get, and that entire team there was like etc cetera, etc cetera, and and um and Electra were were are and Scarlet were being kind of like they they weren't being very nice to Coco and Anita, and there was a whole sense of like not not friends. And then the other one was yeah. so lovely, and they were all real supportive. Much different vibe. Yeah. yeah. When they were all rehearsing, Michelle was cackling. They were having a great time with Michelle. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think you know she seems to she seems to be really enjoying it. Like they just mm. seem to be having the best crack. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's because they all came straight out of lockdown into filling that that they were just yeah. like this is great. <laughs> and also, you know, probably actually going to the southern hemisphere, which is pretty normal. Must you'd be really you'd be well up for it, wouldn't yeah. you? Because obviously, as you say, coming straight from lockdown. But I re I had to laugh when etc etc when Scarlett was doing her thing, and she's like, I think I punctuated. Like what? <laughs> Stop it! It was just what are you talking about? Oh, it was so funny. It's like yeah, like I said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But it was just so funny. And poor 
Rococo on her 50 or 60 times. Oh. Uh, what was she thinking with the singing? See, this is what I did. Like, it's a singing chat. Like, you're, it, like, if I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do because I can't sing and I definitely, like, I think it would be, you know, cultural appropriation inappropriate if I was to rap. I just don't have it in me. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I, I don't, I, I feel very sorry because I'm like, that is a place where, like, your skill set, you either can or you can't. So I thought they were kind of mean to Coco on that. When Rue said yeah, on the main stage, so like, like, why Paul did you sing? Fucking sing. <laughs> I know. I like. I yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. I mean, Rue isn't the best this thing. So I mean, it is all. I don't know. With Coco, I kind of warmed to her when she was doing the rehearsal because she was so meek in the rehearsal mm-hmm. that like and when she was apologizing and how gorgeous was michelle when she was like you need to stop apologizing i felt like michelle was talking to me <laughs> i was saying to myself do you know what you're right michelle i do need to stop <laughs> apologizing like i really felt like she was speaking to me so coco i thought i really felt for her in that moment but at the same time i just think it is a bit foolhardy doing the singing if you if you can't can sing. sing yeah no absolutely yeah definitely because you can even like talk sing you know, exactly. a Taylor you Swift know you style. To yourself. Yeah, so you'd be fine. Yeah, no. I do think. Well, we'll get to that when we're talking about the actual lyrics, like the writing of the lyrics, and sort of this pretense that the lyrics need to like have like some kind of hidden depths to them. That like, <laughs> I was like, no, like this is you know, forget, forget it. about it. You know, release the beast, Bimini is, is not kind of you know like winning an Ivor <laughs> Novello Award, but it was enjoyable as a drag song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the man who released a song that just was she's a super queen <laughs> on repeat <laughs> as a lyrical content. I think Seamus Heaney originally wrote that. Didn't I? I think so. She, I think I still did it for yeah, my leaving She's search. a super queen. <laughs> Pop room ball on the leaving suit. Yeah, that'd be great. Now there's two things I noticed in this episode that I don't think we we've ever had or at least haven't had in years. First one was a time lapse of a cityscape. Did you notice that? Sun going down over some generic down under city. Don't know if it's Auckland, don't know if it's Sydney, don't know if it was Melbourne. Ooh. I was like, oh, we don't normally see outside. I think the last time we saw outside in the US was All Stars 1, I think. And so I was like, okay, that's weird. And then, out of nowhere, the watch out note. What was that about? <laughs> yeah, that was odd. What did you make of that? I think, based on next week somebody seems to be emerging out of the the, the clothes is it tied to that <gasps> mm. but no. that would be a very kind of like low rent way of kind of you know putting it like a sort of a folded up piece of paper that has watch out <laughs> fucking green highlighter <laughs> yeah. I don't know like <laughs> that's the only reason why I think they bother oh, there's, there's something so threatening just about like watch out it was ominous yeah, yeah no it did it did feel a bit ominous for sure uh, but I just feel like I feel like watch out okay yeah the content is definitely a bit malevolent but if you're gonna <laughs> I feel like the green highlighter made it a bit more friendly yeah. you know a bit more of a friendly watch, <laughs> watch out because I think you're great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, I think you're going to win. Okay, like... Watch out, you're going to get a hug. No, it was a strange one. I didn't buy... I forget who said it, but I didn't buy the theory that maybe Coco, you know, wrote herself. No, I don't think so. No. But a strange one, yeah. But I mean, there's no way an eliminated queen wrote that. No. Because they wouldn't have been allowed back on set. You're gone. I said, honestly, yeah. Unless an eliminated queen did it 
because they're coming back and the producers let them do it. But there's no way that they would have just broke out of their hotel and got in there with a bit of a green highlighter and not been stopped in the world of COVID. No, uh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so. I feel like there's more to come because especially with the edit, you just think, okay, there has to be some more significance mm-hmm. to that. That's why they're leaving it in. But then I would have thought if it was a producer thing, would it not be a nice lipstick message like if it was pretty low budget for a... Yeah. A piece of content. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's connected to however Electra lost her business. Like maybe, maybe. Watch out, or you'll be living in a garage. There's loan sharks. They're coming for her. Maybe watch back. Electra sat in that position in episode two. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out! Even dance skills have to pay revenue. <laughs> you can't pirouette yourself that's out like, of this tax bracket. Yeah. That's like me with my comedy when my accountant's like, "What did you make this year?" Not a lot. And then, like, she wheels out the pulls up the dates you were supporting Tommy or Des. Oh, I forgot I did those. So much. Do I have to pay tax on that? Oh, I do. Sorry, I don't know. So yeah, that all led us up basically to um, the performances. So the first performance was the Outback Fake Hose, which was Scarlett's team. Um, So we'll go through them one by one um, if you want. So Scarlett was up first. I thought she was really good. I'd say I think she was was really strong. She looked like a pop star. She sang like a pop star. I don't think her verse was as good as Anita's. I really loved Anita's, but it was strong. I think that this girl group pop, this pop pop group girl group challenge, because of the last two seasons of UK, where we've got Break Up Bye Bye and UK Hun, and they have been like proper kind of on repeat earworms, like have gone beyond the Drag Race franchise that like you're always like you really your expectations are so high. And I thought this song overall, both of them was like a little bit forgettable. And I kind of like I just sort of was like as I was watching, I was like, yeah, they're fine. Like I enjoyed I it all sounded very much the same. And I didn't think that there was a huge amount like I don't think any of the verses stood out from the other ones except for Coco's which stood out for not being not being amazing mm. well you're right I mean we've seen this challenge umpteen times multiple mm. times per season like you know so I wouldn't say we saw anything that was top tier but you can still okay. sort of enjoy kind of the presentation because I definitely well. again maybe because it was my first I absolutely loved it but it's interesting that you guys are like you know it was a, it was only okay mm. in comparison you know to what has come mm. before I thought etc was great I really enjoyed her as well I loved her look as well she this weird kind of Lisa off. Lisa Rinna kind of a vibe with the big oh, yeah. kind of um, the big mm. flowing robe thing and that like weird hair she had yeah. I'd say I thought she looked great that's dancing. the best I've seen her look yes yeah and i yeah i loved i i did think she looked great and anita as you said there as well she's another one that's really really growing on mm-hmm. me like oh when she was in the confessional i was getting really emotional when she was in the confessional you know talking about the relationship she had with her dad and yeah. i feel like she's really you know it's probably a nervousness you know they were talking yeah. about this manic quality to her yeah. but now i feel she's kind of easing into herself and obviously her verse was just gas. Yeah, it was really like, funny. I mean, it was, oh, it was so superior, you know, to yeah. the others. 
as in, she had all the, like the hallmarks of like a great verse and that she like referred back to something funny so it like has that kind of connection into like the snatch game last week and like has that line to make you laugh i i thought that she was like really the best every time i look at her though even still i just see joan cusack i just like it is just like joan cusack is on drag race down under yeah, actually. <laughs> but i think like i think that she is setting herself up as a really strong contender to win mm. unless some that- miracle arrives and art simone like arrives back in with like a load of notes for everyone <laughs> with a green highlighter yeah. <laughs> well i did i i did i don't know if you know this truly but basically art uh not art simone ketamine and anita wiglet host the uh a drag race spin-off show in the netherlands or in, sorry the netherlands in new zealand so they're basically like the oh, rupauls wow. of new zealand and i think this episode they really came out strong because both of them were like okay these were great and especially anita off off the back mm-hmm. of her snatch game win as well i really did start to think okay these could be top three material yeah because ketamine is very strong yeah. isn't she as well and her outfit i loved her outfit yes. in the performance yeah. So as you know, we are part of the Heads of Podcast Network and we're home to loads of wonderful podcasts, including Julie J's podcast on the network Crime Land, which is all about true crime told through a comedy lens. Rizzly murders with a Ab- comedy twist. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and we have a new member of the family who we want to share with you today. They're called Hedge Radio. They're a storytelling podcast about history and folklore and literature and arts and crafts and all those mm. sort of wonderful ethereal wor- works no it sounds I, I had listened to the trailer and it does sound super fun it's going to be kind of like a it's sort of a social an oral history or social history kind of like talking to people about their lives and experiences and you know i for one will be checking it out they have one episode to impress me <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to give them that one opportunity to uh, impress you, head over to Headstuff Plus and you'll find all that stuff there. Uh, but here's a little segment of the trailer to wet your whistle. We have to wear hard hats. Have a listen to this. Just to my name and address and be sure. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks to steal from Patrick Kavanagh. Taking inspiration from the Hedge Schools of Old, the Hedge Radio Podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. Let's move on to the second team. To be fair, I think rather than saying that Electra was like the Beyonce, because to be pop fan nerdy, like Jessie Chow was always equal in presentation, even if Beyonce outskilled them. Electra was probably more of a Nicole Scherzinger of the group, do you know, where she's mm-hmm. like, I'm the one out front here, the backing girls. That is... That you've hit the nail on the head there, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she did a great job. Like, she was the best answer and she gave a plenty attack. Like, she would have been in the top for me, I think. I was surprised that they decided to judge in this weird new way of, like, you know, you know, we need drag queens who, like, give their friends, you know, we need RuPaul's best friend race rather than mm. RuPaul's drag race for the first time ever. Because uh, I thought she was great. I thought she looked great. I thought her, she sounded great. Yeah. I think she didn't deserve to be in the bottom at all. It was. It's a really strange one, isn't it? Like the one thing I would say, if I was 
you know, being critical. I think she needs to stop doing the splits. <laughs> you know, I think I speak for yeah. her, but we get it. Did we get five yeah, splits always... in one episode? <laughs> like, we get, you know, it's like your friend who keeps telling you, you know, I can do a handstand. And then every three seconds she's doing a handstand. You're like, we get it. <laughs> we, I only ever, I only ever need to see a friend doing a handstand once. And then I'm like, okay, you can do a handstand. Yeah. Now we're done. <laughs> so with the splits as well, there's a bit of that that I'm like, stop with the splits, Electra. But no, I, I think in a way they were being quite unfair to her. Mm. That like you can't really change the rules of engagement when somebody is in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, agree. I'd agree with that. I actually thought Karen was quite weak in this week's episode. I quite like her. I don't didn't find her verse remarkable at all. Uh, no, the performance. But again, it was just kind of forgettable. Mm. It's kind of lackluster. Yeah, um, it's yeah. a bit flat. And the, I didn't mm. love the outfit that she was wearing either. Like, it, it was sort of, it was very unusual. And the way, like, there was the blue thing on the front. And then there was, like, a big blue patch in her arse that I found really distracting anytime she turned around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, if you were, t- which team would you have said what? Oh, that is a toughie. I would have went for the. I mean, I would say Anita and Co. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I like. I would have. I would have said that group just purely because they were the ones that really entertained me with their verses. Mm-hmm. And I was. I'm trying to think. Like, is it just because I saw them first? Because at that point, the song was kind of new, and you're like, oh, and you're not like, yeah. oh, I've just this song again. But I think they actually just were more cohesive. They were, I think. <coughs> yeah. They were well. They were more of a team, if mm. that's what it was about. Yeah, because I think normally with this, normally in these sort of challenges, that they like will try and have like a cohesive look between a lot of them. And neither teams did that, where they like kind of mm-hmm. would be wearing like a, a same color or anything. But there was something more kind of, you know, the way the Spice Girls, even though they all wore different things, that you still felt like there was a good group dynamic with them. There was more mm-hmm. of a feeling of that with the the Anita team than there was with the the Maxi Shield team. Yeah. who were, were more kind of just like four strangers who'd wandered up on stage to do karaoke together. I love how we're ignoring yeah. the actual team captains of Scarlet at the lecture. It's <laughs> Anita and Max. Yeah. They're the team leaders in our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the category was uh, Bogan Prom Realness. So I had to look up Bogan for clarity. I had heard it being bandied about. Uh, so it is a person who behaves... And deports in a way deemed uncouth by mainstream society. It's kind of the like Ooh. Aussie interpretation of chav, is it? Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought yeah. as well. Like, really, it is probably you know, it's I suppose it's a derogatory term for working class people. You yeah. know, that's you know. So I don't, I don't know if there is one that we use as such. We don't have any of those kind of discriminatory tendencies. We just, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Because the, the, I got familiar with that word when I when I lived in Australia or whatever, um, but I was confused by the by how they interpreted. The, yeah, well, I yeah. suppose I imagine you know, like I suppose I, I, I think this idea of what is uncouth and what is couth in every country changes depends on what the fashion is and what things are. You know, like for mm. example, in Germany, the name Kevin is seen as a really sort of undesirable name and studies have been found that kevin's are a lot less likely to get employed than some other german names um same with chantel chantel and kevin are seen as one of the worst names to have in germany interesting because there's that kind of there's like it kind of an inherent snobbery well because they're seen they're seen as big chav names 
Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. So I think it just depends. So I got a lot of bum bags on these looks. So maybe bum bags is sort of the classic yeah. chav, Australian okay. bogan style. Whereas I wouldn't, that, that's kind of more peace and pout girl at a festival, I would have thought over here. So I think it just depends yeah. on the culture. Because bum bags are, like, they're quite hun here. They're quite festival mm. hun, yeah. aren't they? But what I thought yeah. was weird is that the whole, the theme was like, so it was like bogan prom. So I just anticipated there'd be more kind of, kind of prom dresses or like Deb's dresses yeah, going on. Yeah, more Deb's dresses. I thought the same. And again, I thought they were quite hard. On, I thought they were a bit hard on Electra in terms of her outfit yeah. as well. Like, again, I know it's not, you know, it's not wow factor in terms of drag. But for me, she was really channeling like Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Like, I really liked her look. I know it was like, wow. Um, but I thought, who was the one who had the goon bag dress? Was that Scarlet? Yeah, that was, that was Scarlet, Scarlet, yeah. That was brilliant. I love that. Yeah, no, that was definitely the best on the runway. And then, like, the cigarette necklace as well. Like, it, mm. it yeah, kind of, I, I don't know, I think it looked, looked disgusting and I would hate wearing it or having to be near it. But I was like, that's such a clever idea. <laughs> brilliant idea. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought et cetera, et cetera looked great as well with the with the sort of velour pink tracksuit, very Paris Hilton, very Britney Spears getting brilliant. married in Vegas. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and the nails, the nails great. great. Yeah, I suppose that, yeah. that that's it, right? It's like tacky and trashy. We don't necessarily have a word for it, but that's kind of the style we're, we're talking about, yeah. I suppose, but just over there. And I thought I thought her interpretation, it seemed to be the most on point, I felt. Yeah. yeah. Like, I kind I of got so. off that, off her look, I kind of got that thing of, like, the, the girl who's heading out that night, and so she's got the hair done, and she's got the nails and the makeup done and that, but she's in the, like, tracksuit going around to do the few jobs before she puts on the outfit to go out. Like, that was the feeling I got from her. Yeah. Um, so I, which I, I really liked that. I thought that was real fun. Um, I have to say, ketamine missed the mark for me. I didn't get why the neon yellow no, was supposed yeah. to be no quote unquote uncouth. It was not. It really missed the point, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because it was kind of, like it was just sort of punk and rockery. It didn't. It didn't say anything kind of trashy about it. And I didn't like the color of the hair as well. It sort of was. I didn't like any of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's funny because if they're the ones coming in, it's now that you've given me that context to them, because I know people were kind of ref- obviously a lecture working for them and blah, blah, blah. I feel like they should be most on point in terms of the themes, at least. Yeah. Like, you know, if you miss the mark grand, but at least kind of stick Get to the, the theme. Yeah, yeah. I did like Anita's though. I thought Anita's was really fun. I thought she looked mm. she looked great and Karen's I didn't think I didn't really get what she was like Karen and Coco for me I was kind of like I'm not really sure what's going on it's just a sort of patterny thing was Karen who had the ruffles that was, was Karen, that Karen? Yeah. yeah and had a big yeah, perm I, I mean but that was like 80s it wasn't it didn't feel like Bogan prom at all no. I didn't see the point of that either like yeah. the, the only one like um, Coco Jumbo was probably the only one who kind of went uh, like a recognisable oh that's like a uh, like a prom night kind of outfit, and I yeah, loved the the, ha- the 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 ivy and the hair and stuff. I was gonna say, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, I thought it was good. I just I just didn't know where the bogan aspect of it was really, because I did write down another word that I was like, I don't know if I can say that either. <laughs> a fupa. So it's a word I I heard when oh. I was a teenager from a girl about a woman's body, which is when. The, there's a lot of weight in their sort of lower chest. Oh, like kind of your like a muffin top. Yeah, and I heard it was called okay. a fupa, a fat upper pussy area. Oh, oh wow! 
<laughs> I, you, know you both tilted your head the same way when I said that. I'm just, do you know what I'm actually doing right now? I'm actually grabbing my fat pussy area. So, yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I think we do, I think we do need a word for that. <laughs> well, I love that Maxi gave herself a fupa for the look. I thought it, I thought it was fun to yeah. embrace. Funny, can we, I, she was really fun with this. I loved yeah. her hair. I loved the shoulder pads on that like capeless thing. Fantastic. Oh my God. And the gold God. boob tube. Yes. Yeah, I mean, oh. stunning. And the whole like chaperone at the prom yeah. was so clever. I yeah, thought. it really was. And that huge bum bag as well. Like, <laughs> I love a bum bag. Love a bum bag. Right. So the highs were Anita and Scarlett and Ketamine. And the lows were Coco and Maxi and Electra, which meant etc. etc. And Karen were safe. I would have agreed with all of this other than I would have put Karen in the bottom other than Electra. It felt unjust that Electra was in the bottom mm-hmm. for sure. It felt strange. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, it did. And I, I was kind of like, okay, look, if this is the reason you're going to go with, fine. I don't think she deserved to be in the bottom too. But to be honest, I just saw this as a means to end. They were like, we want Coco Jumbo gone. We're not confident Max is going to be the one to kick her out. Let's put Electra in. She's obviously good That We've just seen her show up her whole other team. So we know she'll turn it in the lips. Yeah. <laughs> that was my interpretation you know of what, what happened. I did not think of that. But you're probably right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, this is three weeks, at least. If not bottom two, then low for Coco Jumbo. They were like, she has well, to cause, Yeah. And they knew Electra was going to do the splits. Let's face <laughs> yeah. it. Like, so they were like, look, she, she's a shoo-in. Coco's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, cause I, I was expecting this challenge to be judged because normally these like team challenges, it's like there's a winning team and a losing team. So when they decided instead of doing that, they were going to just, you know, have you all judged as individuals. I was like, they obviously... Like they, they they don't want to send like they they've obviously calculated that they they want to send someone off the winning team home like they want to send Coco home mm-hmm. so they're trying to like produce it that way um and I think that like I think it was a fair outcome overall like I think yes. it was maybe Coco's time to go I think that she seems like a great performer and and no doubt kind of she'll use this to build and could even come back stronger to an All Stars um but definitely she was taking up space in the competition that you know could be used better but. I was sad that um, that Electra was end- ended up at, at, in the bottom two with her mm. purely because that's going to really undermine their confidence. I would have I would have thought kind of going because mm-hmm. like this was the challenge they thought they were going to win. They had been like really supported by their team. Their team told them they were doing great, and then they got like eaten alive for like standing out too much, which then is going to be like right, okay. So in the next challenges, I need to try and figure out a way of kind of fading back a bit more and not being mm-hmm. too assertive, which then is going to yeah. get them judged opposite. Or in the other way, potentially. Yeah, and I do think it's quite damaging, isn't it? Because, like, I feel it does kind of run counter to what drags about. Not that I I know very little about it. But, like, it is just kind of, you know, owning it. Yeah, Yeah, so it is. And I think especially because she so clearly defines herself and, you know, associates her identity with being a dance teacher. Yeah. I think it's quite, ooh, you know, you're kind of wincing for her. Mm. Like, that that will be quite hurtful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This week's uh, lip sync song was Peaches and Herb Shake Your Groove Thing. No choice van. I was hoping for choice van, no choice van, but it was a great song and I did I did enjoy it. And it was a good yeah. lip sync. Oh, it was great. And I thought Coco I thought really Coco really brought it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so too. It was a really like it was a well matched I think I think Electra won fair and square, but I think it was well matched. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and yeah. Yeah. There was three was there three splits in the 
I think there was three spits in the lip sync and two in the main performance. Yeah. So that's five in the lip sync. Yeah. Honestly, look, we get it, we get it, we get it. You're Make it a treat, you know. <laughs> Come on. She is splitting her way back into that dance studio. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julie, I'm going to ask you, who's going to win? Oh, such a good question. Okay. I think Anita might have a good chance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. Anita, I had kind of thought Karen in the previous couple of episodes, but I'm going to go with Anita for the crack. Yeah, Anita. She certainly does look like yeah, she's I pulling think so. ahead as a I'd agree. now, all right. She's put it into she put it into fifth teams. gear. I'd agree. She's she's put it into fifth gear now. She's flying up. Kian, who do you think? Um Anita looks like the obvious one now, but I I, I would say probably like Ketamine might end up doing it in the end. I just she might not have had a good start, but she'll grow. They will have a journey. Like Anita might have peaked yeah. too soon. Mm. And she's and I think somebody was it Rue that said it that there's like a switch that goes off mm. in Kinamine and she just because like it is a joy to watch because she is. And such they seem a to love her as well. Yeah. yeah, she becomes a different person completely. Yeah, yeah she comes across as very likable yeah. as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Like I yeah. think we're already yeah. beginning to see. It's funny just how the edit works. Which queens aren't going to make it to the finale? Like Maxi, I don't think it's going to make it. Etc. Isn't going to make it. Um, no. So no. it is kind of Electra is not going to make it. So it's kind of funny. Like episode three and four is a very crucial one because you do sort of see who's pulling ahead and who isn't. For sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks, guys, an absolute joy. I have to say, thank you so much for having me on. It was so fun. No problem. You are our podcast network sibling. <laughs> do you want to share with I'm people like the, what you have? I'm like that older sibling that people are like is. Is she their sister? Or their mother? <laughs> What's going on? And then people say, "No, their sister." And like I'd say the mother, but they said sister anyway. Um. So listen, yes, I have. So I have this podcast called Crimeland. I had to take a few weeks off, but I'm back, and I, I've Sorry. I've managed to get a couple of very exciting guests. And um, and we're of course we're on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a true crime mm-hmm. comedy podcast. And so it's great. So I just chat through crime with all my favorite funny people. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It's quite an indulgence for me. Like you guys know with this, you know, when you really love something and you're really into it, it's mm-hmm. just such a joy to do. But if you'd like to support me, I should probably say this on your podcast because it's just nobody's, it's like I'm shouting into the, the abyss on Crimeland. If you want to support me on this Head Stuff Podcast Network, please do because I'm currently running. I think it's 17 people subscribing. And come on, guys. we got to get on board. And the problem is I only recently discovered that you can still get my extra episodes when you're not subscribing to Crimeland, which seems grossly unfair. But that is the system. That is the system, guys, that we are dealing with. Okay? Um, so, yeah, if you yeah sign up to Headstuff Plus. You can support Julie. You can support us. You know, we, we'll, we're forming an alliance now here, you know? As you can. Uh, yeah, as you can see, very supportive of all the other podcasts, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, look, your messages are lovely. Your kind words are lovely. People getting in touch, lovely. But I like the money, the money, the money, the money. <laughs> tips. Um, Split those tips. So yeah, just yeah, back it, back it up with some dollars. <laughs> I actually think this is the best episode of the series so far. I haven't mentioned that yet, but I do think it was. 
I agree. I think so. I really enjoyed it. I thought that the the, the mini it sort of found its found its feet a bit. The the queens mm. like I felt like I got to know the queens a bit more. The mm. mini challenge was fun. I enjoyed both performances of the song. Like there was no moment in it that was really like oh my god wow. And I don't think I'll be going back to listen to those versions of the songs again. But mm. like I definitely enjoyed watching it and. It, it's made me kind of excited for next week whereas maybe in the first week and then even a bit last week I was kind of a bit like oh I'm not sure how this season is shaping up but I think it's turned a corner now so I'm excited I think yeah I suppose we know what, what to expect so when we hear Choice Savan we're like well we're going to get nothing from Choice Savan and when we we kind of have a baseline for what the looks are now so we're not going to be disappointed when we see them so yeah yeah Absolutely. We've learned how to manage our expectations. I think so. I do think that they need they 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 made a bad call in including these celeb kind of inputs because it just feels really like alien and cut off from the show that's actually happening, and it's a kind of like a weird sort of unnecessary kind of you know they could have left out the choice of ambit and just told us what it was that had happened to Electra Shock that she lost all her money and her yeah. faith in humanity. More, more interesting. <laughs> Is someone coming back next week? Out of that pile so. of clothes? Mm, I think so. I think someone's popping out of the or box like a, Shangela. Is it a guest, maybe? Because there was another person on the panel next week. So unless that person pops out of the clothes. They got snuck in. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's been nothing to suggest they're bringing a person back and there's no kind of like you know the way when they did that thing with Rue getting a phone call out to be like can you get here how quick can you get here like oh, that yeah. sort of like no no like set so no setup to kind of like suggest that that's happening but you know like if the team is kind of making things out of the trash then it could kind of be like we pulled this queen back out of the trash and now we're giving them a second chance <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it wouldn't be Coco Jumbo anyway. They really well, should. That is true. They set the whole episode around to kicking her out this week, so yeah, it's not exactly. going to be. Her. Well, we'll find out next week. We'll be back with you next Monday for the next episode of Drag Race Down Under. Until then, best of luck to Leslie Roy with the Eurovision. We are behind her all the way, Ooh. and have a lovely Eurovision week. I know I will. See you. I love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.